0: What is up, bums? I hope all you bums are doing well today. Um, Me and Eddie do recognize that this episode is coming uh, a little bit later than maybe we'd like, but you know what? Life happens, and we're doing the best we can, but we're just happy to be here and to talk about it. Uh, Before we get into telling you what this episode's about, please check us out on Instagram at T-H-E-B-U underscore M-S, and check out our website, www.strugglingbums.com where you can read blogs and look a little bit deeper into our episodes because I think every episode we've done, Eddie, we, we have some sort of a attachment per se to it. But with all that being said, Bums, today we're going to be talking about competition and competitiveness and everything that kind of comes in that sphere. Eddie, kick us off, man. Recent basketball rookie who retired from the league because it was oh. toxic.
1: I meant to look that up, dude. Oh hey. I meant to I saw it on it I, uh, bleacher report posted it and I was yeah. like dude this is perfect for a competition episode. Basically he was like a guy that got drafted and like ended up like hey my mental health's okay I not okay I'm burnt out this is like way way too much and you ended up just like retiring like
0: it was like that yeah, um, yeah man I mean I think athletes burning out unfortunately is so common Uh, and i tend to wonder now with you know how accepted society is with people leaving early because i think back in the day someone would be like you're not quitting um i wonder how many like elite talents just kind of burned out and just didn't make it you know what i mean you ever think about that any
1: yeah i mean this was someone is this it yeah last year dude got drafted um and he was twenty two and retired. Yeah. Oh, I got another
0: one for you. As you said that you reminded me, a kid named Chris Seats, he uh made it essentially made it to the MLS at a very young age, and after a while he just kind of he said he got burned out too. So and similar story of basically dropped playing soccer and everything. I mean, I I don't think I don't think it's super uncommon. I mean, you know, talking about my own self. You know, there's a lot of reasons I kind of stopped playing soccer. I admit the main one was probably you know my knee getting hurt, but there was definitely a part of me that was like, when it was all said and done, I was I was pretty burned out. Like, I was I was pretty burned out to the point where it's like it's only something that I've recently gotten myself into. Um, and I know the golden standard, the great De La Salle man. I can't imagine that they push guys so hard that they want to quit. But at the same time, De La Salle is also famous for its excellence on the field. And that has to come from some sort of competition and pressure applied within practice and through the program. So I'm kind of curious, like how, how does the great De La Salle look at competition and how far they like to push kids?
1: Uh, I think I might have to make a distinction as to how it was done versus how it's going. But... I think one of the cornerstones of success was them treating success as not just winning, but as you improving and getting better. You know, something yeah. that Bob Lettister has talked about a lot in many interviews and has during his time there and even in early years of when Coach Allenbaugh was there, or I mean, he's still there, but his early years of taking over was a concept that they weren't just trying to build football players, they were trying to build men. And that's a that's a message that Dale Sal in general tries to uh, put out there. And it's something we talked about with Nathaniel uh, when he was on here as well. You know, he talked about how they did score and other stuff like that. Like, and and a lot of people that were in score were athletes. And it's like, it's one of those things that you just continue to perpetuate that success can be separate from winning. And when you grow and allow people the space to get better and better and better and help them do that and only get mad. And I, I mean, and obviously I can probably only speak to like the football team and volleyball only get mad when someone doesn't give the best effort or doesn't listen. That's a lot different than getting mad at players for not doing certain things. That's something that was always huge.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I think uh, looking back at my very short time, uh, high school and club, uh, club, club experience playing soccer, the two most successful teams I ever had, a lot of characteristics that went into it to make them successful. But, two ones that definitely stand out was how we valued success. I, I remember one team I played on, you know, we had a team meeting after every practice before a game and our coach would make us define what our goals were for the game besides winning. And I always found that like, that's the only coach I've ever had do something like that. Another one uh, really um, emphasized, you know, kind of how you win per se. And, I think like for for, he kind of and I don't uh, put in his own perspective of you know it's how good of a teammate are you to your teammates and how much do you do for the team versus yourself and that kind of that very team mentality and and then looking at those two teams like I played with a lot of ball hogs that didn't do much with the ball but those two teams like people were pretty good about passing and playing this playing as a team versus you know just a lot of we not me mentality and like I you know competition wise i think it was very healthy too because other teams i played on like people were more like harsh on each other those teams they're, they're fairly uplifting and like but it was still highly competitive you know it was a competition against your peers but everyone kind of knew where the line was i felt like no one took it too far um but yeah
1: i i assume Dallas had something like that like obviously there's healthy much. Yeah. I was going to say it's funny that you mentioned that goals thing because one big thing that happens when you get to JV and then to varsity for football is you have goals and you have a partner. But your goals aren't, oh, I'm going to uh,
0: have 30 touchdowns or something. Yeah. Like that.
1: The goal isn't, oh, I'm going to score five touchdowns this game. It's my goal this game is to not be brought down by the first guy. Or my Ooh. goal this game is to never get sealed, is to not get sealed as a defensive end. Okay. Like, like, that's their goal on, on most of my defensive plays, right? Like, that's their yeah. goals. And they say them the day before games. And they have a, they give it to their partner. And then, you know, they, they kind of check in after the game. Um, that's a big part of, I think, something I wanted to do low key this year for my team. And I just didn't Drop end up ball. getting to it. Yeah, I dropped the ball, man. I think it's just so funny to me because, like, it's so interesting how different programs run. And it, It's just a different program where I'll leave it at.
0: Let's let's get back to talking about maybe us in competition after we talk about this iconic guy, Billy Bean. Uh, Not going to lie, Bums. I I knew who he was, but I did have to rethink about it a little bit to remind myself. Billy Bean was a manager for the Oakland A's um, and did something pretty revolutionary at his time. Now I don't think it's that revolutionary, I'd say, because I know for a fact the Rams do it. But essentially he assembled the team based off of data and analytics. And I, I I'm not sure if like I think it's a I think it's one aspect you could say competition drove innovation, which I think when you look at it from a non sports perspective, you could say that a lot. But I think you could also say I I tend to wonder now as I think about it, how many crazy moves were drawn from competition. Yeah, you, know, you you hear um in interviews when you listen to like NFL guys sometimes They had older siblings or younger siblings and they got so good before they even got to like junior high or anything because they just went at each other and they would always have to come up with new moves because their sibling would know what they were going to do. And, you know, so I think that's like maybe like a healthy way of like competition again, um, producing innovation and Billy Bean, man, but Eddie, if I'm not mistaken, he drafted one of the, or drafted or created one of the best MLB teams. Am I not mistaken?
1: Uh, I don't know if I would say that. I wish we kind of had Taylor on here to talk about that because he was around and aware of the A's at that time. But they did break the record for the longest winning streak in MLB history, all which right. I mean is very impressive in and of itself. <laughs> For the people that are baseball players and baseball fans, you understand how hard it is to win twenty plus games in a row. Like that would be like in football, the Patriots essentially winning thirteen and up. like if any NFL team, let's say, lost, like let's say they started their first four games two and two, right, and then they just rattled off ten plus wins. Like that's so hard to do. Like what the yeah. Patriots did in '08, whatever, going sixteen and one. Like, that is nearly impossible, or 19-1, whatever it was. Like, that that's very similar. So I think there's definitely some credibility to what he was able to do and what he's been able to do because the A's are such a small market team um, that they can't really compete with the uh, payrolls of a lot of other bigger market teams. And so they've been able to stay relevant and on the ball by doing what he's essentially instituted. Interesting. Also, I apologize, everyone, I'm eating dinner. It's been a weird day today, so I might turn my camera off a couple times.
0: <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You know, looking at this question, I, oh, sorry, didn't mean to catch you. Uh, How much pressure is too much pressure? You know, I think that's a question that – I'll get my take. I think when you're at the point where you don't feel like, man, I don't know, the pressure, this one's tough because personally I have my own opinion. But I think objectively speaking, ah – I don't know. Like, I didn't really like having pressure put on me as a kid. And I don't really, I don't really love it as an adult. I say that there's definitely been a couple of occasions where it's been all right. But I'm kind of curious, Eddie. I don't really, I don't want to impede my personal opinion too much on this yet. Um, how much pressure is too much pressure?
1: You're talking in the context of, uh, sports, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, should... say
1: life. You could say life. Too. Uh, I mean, I don't want to be drastic, but I know, like, didn't they, didn't Damien Lillard do something on this where like, he was like pressure is trying to raise a family as a single parent or something like that. Like that's yeah. real pressure when they asked him about, I mean, I, I guess I could go that route and say that, but I, in the context of competition, I think when you either a lose any enjoyment from doing these things that you normally would derive enjoyment from, or B, Choose to cross lines that you know you shouldn't cross, but you're so willing to do so in order to win. I think that's when that I think that's when pressure to win and, and be competitive it becomes too much.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I think I'll start talking about my own experiences. You know, I think when you see professional athletes shooting up with drugs that you know aren't good for them, but they you know they feel like they have to take these to hit that next notch. You know, or me personally like i think when you're playing sports and you you're take you're being excessively aggressive and you're like creating contact situations that don't need to be there and you're like you're trying to do more than just take someone to the ground you're like you're trying to hurt them as you make contact with them you know playing soccer it's it is a contact sport you know i never say it's not but you know definitely played some teams where people were tripping each other, you know, or going studs up or just not even going for the ball and like actually injuring kids, you know? And it's like, that's where it's like, I think that a culmination of maybe too much, this is getting overly competitive. And I think overcompetitiveness comes from a sense of pressure too. And I think pressure can be detrimental in that it can crack some people, man. Not everybody is made to handle the weight of the world on their shoulders. And, certain scenarios you know i think that's how i think of pressure i don't mean the whole world or anything like that but i think like you know you know, i don't i, know, I i've I, had seen scenarios where like like in penalty penalty shootouts where the coach is like hey man if you miss this shot we lose the season's over it's all on you and then this dude sells it 50 yards straight in the air and it's just like devastation all around, and pour one out for the homie, but, um, you know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I – and my brother listens to this. I'm sure he'll love this. For those kicking and screaming fans, uh, there's a great scene, I think, about this when they're, like, in the championship game and Phil's – Will Ferrell's still kind of a little nuts before he wakes up to the fact that he's being psychotic as far as competition goes. He's like, you either win today and go on – in, like, legend or something like that, or you lose and face a series of cataclysmic events that will forever haunt your life. And it's like, dude, what are you saying that to 11-year-olds? You're probably on the wrong side of competition. I mean,
0: I think I've talked about it. You know, when I was working for the Oregon Duck football team, there was a player that was putting immense pressure and (laughs) put in situations that there was no way he was going to succeed. Like, even if he did everything right, and he just I saw him break down. I mean, I saw that person crash, and it was like this is real. Like, this is putting too much pressure on somebody. And I, I mean, like for me personally, like I felt that way a lot as a kid, like from, you know, my teammates, from my parent to my, my coach, I was just like, I, I personally felt like, I think my personal issues with pressure is that I feel like I got put in a lot of situations as an athlete where if I went left, if I went right, like no matter what I did, it wasn't going to really succeed. But yet I was still kind of punished for the failure. And I felt like, I don't know, that put a lot of pressure on me. I personally felt like it. What about you, Eddie? Did you ever feel that way? Like...
1: Um, I think or... at certain times in my life I embraced it and other times I avoided it. Um, and I think that led to different results. Even sometimes, I think it led to positive and negative results each time. Uh, when I embraced it, it led to negative results such as I would – make myself think that only I could do this, and I would stop trusting my teammates. And then when I failed, I felt like I let everyone down. And then times where it was positive when I walked away from it is when I avoided, like, severe burnout or depression. So, like, I think there's good and bad to facing up the pressure, to be honest.
0: I'm curious, Eddie, just for my own uh, questions. Did you ever feel that way playing Friday football with us? Because there were a couple games where – it got a little serious, I guess, but no, I don't know. I think, There's, I think,
1: yelled at you, and I was like, I will say, I think there were some times where I was like, kind of thinking about myself and going, "All right, what is really the upper limit of what I can do?" I think some of those intense nights were more me wondering what my upper limit was, but I never like felt like, "Oh my god, I have to," you know what I mean? Obviously, if we did it in less of a freestyle way, that was, I think, one of the things that I learned early on. I, I'll, I'll say this: we can. Something that I learned early on about myself and being a quarterback is how badly I do at freestyle and how much better I do at more organization. Hence, why I had everyone run routes in the script. Yeah, what I mean by that is not I can't find someone that's open and something and scramble. No, no, I'm actually decent at scrambling. My point being is if I have, you know, our Friday football was like, oh, we had 16 kids, so we went eight on eight, but I don't know everyone's routes. Oh yeah. I'm going I'm to do my best, but I'm probably going to mess it up. And that's something I learned when I was like in high school. So that's why it never really got to me when it came to that kind of stuff, even in middle school, actually. Whereas, you know, if I gave people routes, I could read people, and based on leverage, I could figure it out. Um, hence why, like, during games, we had routes, and we had calls, and stuff like that. But no, no, I never felt like no, – yeah. I never felt that way. Um, all right, but
0: moving forward, does society push too much competition? I – You know, as I wrote this one, I was definitely on the side of, yes, it does. But I will argue that competition is a, at best, a necessary evil, as I would call it, in that, you know, you need to be somewhat competitive, whether you like it or not. And I think finding that balance is going to be always the the tricky point, whether you're talking about schools or life. You know, you got to be semi-competitive in school if you want to do certain things. You know, you got to push yourself to achieve certain marks per se that, you know, do things you want to do later on in life. Just like, you know, I I mean, I think competition in a way of like, you, you got to be competitive to get a specific job you want, probably because a lot of other people want that job, you know, or you got to be competitive to get, you know, I don't know, a specific deal on something you want. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching too much, but, and this episode's directly probably more directed towards sports. Do I think competition in sports is way too heavy? Oh, hell yeah. Dude, I, I was thinking about this episode, and later on, I've got some just horrific stories to tell you about oh, competition.
1: There's some bad ones, man. Oh,
0: I've got some personal yeah. stories to tell. Yeah. But what about you, Eddie? I mean, how do you think society is pushing too much in
1: competition? I don't think society I don't, okay, I don't think people the concept of competition, I think it's lost on a lot of people. And I think it's easy to be absorbed into. It's almost kind of like hate where like you allow yourself to be absorbed into it and so that's all you see and it takes almost like an outside force or are you really putting your foot down to like settle down? Yeah. Um, and something I also thought about with competition, I don't know why, I, I think it's because I was listening to another podcast earlier today um, about how Google's essentially being put under scrutiny for uh, monopolizing uh, the market as far as search engines go, which I mean, they... like. Capitalism is meant to drive uh, competition between companies and businesses. But if you have a monopoly, it completely screws up everything in there. And yet there's so many oligopolies and monopolies as far as markets are concerned. So I think there's this veneer of what we think competition is. But in the context of sports, I think it's kind of like, I think it is a lot. Because, dude... there are so many horror stories, not even, not even like us personally. Like, there's plenty between us personally. There are so many horror stories, like professional college teams, where shit happens when they don't win.
0: Dude, I, mean, I remember if you're, you've seen the U's, uh, ESPN, like thirty for thirty, right? The the documentary on the U on ESPN.
1: Uh, yeah, dude. Well, no, actually, I didn't, but I like I obviously know about. You know uh, what I'm talking about. about. Yeah.
0: There's a yeah. scene where they they're like talking to one of the guys. I can't remember. And they're like, oh, did you feel, like, pressure? And or how, did, how did you deal with the pressure playing Miami? He's like, it was no big deal, man. In high school, man, I had gangbangers tell me they put $500 on me winning the game. And if I didn't win the game, they were going to get me. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that? Oh, dude, I'd be a, I'd be throwing up, nervous wreck. I'd be like, oh, this isn't for me, man. You know, so I think that's, like, a perfect um, – a uh, perfect way to think about or something
1: no, that was my point with the Damian lillard thing is like he came out for those that haven't read it i don't know if it was an instagram was it an instagram post some kind of blog post or an article he talked about it was, pressure it's really really good I,
0: want to say it was definitely read it. I think some guy asked him in an interview about it if i remember yeah
1: right. yeah something like that if, if you guys get the chance to our audience definitely look it up it's it's really profound it's very insightful and mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate it. i mean I've always been a fan of Damon Leonard personally, even though he's a trailblazer. I've always felt bad. Now he's been traded to the Bucks, which is Nathan's very happy about that. Uh, very ecstatic about that, but I'm I hopeful he wins championship. But at, that aside, and even the him being a Raider fan aside, he's a very, very, like, I think good person and an athlete to model and observe because um, of all that stuff. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, as we kind of look at this uh, some more, I think the NCA is a perfect, um example of maybe competition took him too far let's just look at conference realignment right now that has everything to do with competition look i'm look I'll, I'll admit i'm the first one to say i'm happy we're going to the big 10 but i will admit that it's problematic in that one we're going to the big 10 because essentially the pac-12 wasn't making enough money and that we wanted to make more money so we could keep up with the, so we could be competitive with all these other major programs and recruiting and keeping a head coach and da-da-da-da-da-da, what whats that going to do to everybody else that's not football that and basketball? I think basketball charters as well. I don't know. But what is that going to do really all basketball does, Yeah, everyone else. Does. Everyone else is getting screwed. What is the NCA all about? Do they Are they all about athlete healthiness and taking care of them? No, they're about competition and pushing that to the max. You know, so I, I mean, I don't even know what else to say about the NCAA. I mean, another perfect example: looking at the University of Oregon, my first year on working for the team, uh, not officially, I was a volunteer. Uh, we were, we Willie Taggart had brought in a strength coach and they wanted to be extremely competitive in the weight room to a point where the workouts were so hard that three guys had to be hospitalized and the University of Oregon had to settle in lawsuits. Because they permanently screwed these kids up. So I think that's just a clear... And and that's not even the first time something like that's happened. I think it's a clear example of the NCAA being overly competitive and pushing competition over people. Eddie, anything you want to say about maybe like the NFL or a specific franchise that's so competitive i oh, will get
1: there in a moment because they're the my least favorite franchise, quite possibly in all sports. But I I just want to go over some of these scandals at the at the NCAA level, uh. Let alone the fact that like you know, Arizona State had to institute a self ban for their uh, for their uh, violation of recruiting during COVID and other issues that they did. Uh, let's go look at Cal back in the eight or uh, nineties. When the assistant coach essentially ousted the head coach, and was paying certain players' parents so they can come out and watch them, and as soon as that player wasn't in it anymore, he got ousted by the fucking board. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about uh, University uh, Miami Pell Grants, their scandal, which they got a whole bunch of athletes to get hella fucking money back in the day in the '90s. What about you? you?
0: The fake classes, dude.
1: Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. What was it? Who was it? Uh, it it was like a whole bunch of like Ohio State, Ohio State, or Florida State. Uh, who was it? I just know UNC made the fake
0: classes so all their athletes, Florida State,
1: Florida State made fake classes in 2006, 2007. It wasn't even just uh, football players, it was like 61 players across 10 different sports. They yeah. took a class that gave them the test answers before the test. Oh, they had to vacate so many wins and bowl games and other championships during that time period in which Oklahoma, uh, Florida State won like two. So, yeah. Uh, no. There what's have been on, a lot of scandals, to say the least.
0: Florida? Of Urban Meyer and what he oh, did dude.
1: at Florida, dude. Oh. For, Disgusting. That was at Baylor. In what yeah. he did for competition, I mean, good yeah. God, man! University of Arizona with uh, DeAndre Ayton, which the FBI oh, is still investigating yeah. for the hundred thousand dollars <laughs> that they yeah. gave, uh, uh, gave Ayton to go there.
0: Half, a, I I shouldn't say half, but a, a way larger portion of that Florida team is in prison or oh, gone right. on horrible things. And Urban Meyer let it all slide. Even though, if you watch the Netflix documentary, he swears up and down he just didn't know. Nah, bro, I I refuse to watch that because
1: that's just basically a puff piece for him. I wanted the truth. I the
0: truth. And and Art Briles, God, I don't even know if we can say it out what he did honestly without getting in trouble. But he did. He let some horrific, horrific things slide by, and it is like well documented that he was just like, whatever. I I want these guys to start. Like, um, I do not.
1: Penn States guy. Oh, my God. God dude. Basically That's- knew it and allowed it to happen just because he needed his coach and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's more reasons than just that, but, like.
0: He's yeah. in prison.
1: For- yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. What? Let's move on competition, to. competition, baby. All for competition. We- All for the doves. Awesome and the doves. that brings us to one of my favorite teams to always talk about, uh, I think the guy – he's been on here, Jack. Uh, I hate the Patriots with a passion. Um, Let's look at a timeline of their cheating scandal, shall we? No. Not only were they awarded – I won't even talk about the tuck rule. It's not really cheating at all. Um, That's just – they happen to get the benefit of a terrible call, really. Uh, Spygate, uh, them genuinely cheating to film uh, different teams and get their signals. So, like, obviously during the course of a game, for those that don't know, there are often people on sidelines that would be their job is to try and see signals sent in. And now you may only be able to interpret that, Hey, this signal means like, let's say it's this, let's say that that signal, while the play may be very detailed means that they're going to try and roll left. Right. You may just know that, right? That's something that happens constantly. Um, no, no, no. but what the Patriots did was copy that from their practices and then Know when they were calling those things to know exactly what to do, exactly what to do. So there's that, and they did it not just once but a couple of times. They just happened to be found out in 07, which by the way was the same year. Uh oh, wait, no, no, no. was that the same year too? Deflate Gate? No, it was 2014. Yeah. 2014.
0: 2014,
1: they falsified injury reports in order to get the uh 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 pull the rug under their competitors just so they didn't have to plan for a certain player. Uh, They also deflate gate where they deflated football. So it'd be easier to throw them. Uh, They, they are pretty notorious for this. And I think they're not the only ones, but they have genuinely interfered with headsets for opposing teams. Whenever playing at uh, Foxborough, which is where they wire it
0: hear what they were saying. Or am I, yeah, they
1: wire it or they, they glitch it out. So
0: they can't use it. Dude, Um, Steelers getting in trouble because it came out that they were paying their players like extra money just to take headshots.
1: Let alone the Saints getting yeah, his defensive coordinator paying people for uh, basically head hunting. Dolphins. Oh, here's uh, another one in 2019. Patriots staffer was found in the prex box in of the Bengals Browns game, taking video that reportedly included extended shots of the Cincy sideline. All the. Patriots said the production crew was there to shoot a day in the life feature. Uh, They acknowledged they did not inform the Bengals nor the NFL ahead of time. Uh, That's just a few of them. Uh, We want to talk about the Houston Astros, what it took to win. They basically did the exact same thing the Patriots did and copied everyone's signals for every pitcher. So when they played them, they knew what was coming. Um, And they weren't the only team to do that. I'm pretty sure the Cardinals did that. Or am I thinking someone? Someone else in baseball did that as well. So there are a few teams that did it. And once again, look, Mm -hmm. do teams try to find each other's signals? Absolutely. That's something that happens all the time during the game, and during based on actual, genuine film that is legal and allowed to be watched, not by recording these things in the way that these teams have done so.
0: I want to tell. I want to share one dumbass story about cheating. I remember. 2017 we had snl which for those who don't know it's like high school kids come to oregon and they just do a little fundamental camp it's nothing serious mainly just um routes on air and one-on-ones there was a nebraska fan eddie sitting in the end zone filming this shit he had a tripod and i know he did it because we had one of the staff members go and talk to him he was like oh it's an open practice and no one said a word but it was like this is not the Oregon Duck football team, you dumbass. This is a bunch of high school kids, and I was just like, "Really, dude? <laughs> is my dumbest thing?" And it's like, "Holy shit! Like this is this cannot be real, bro. This cannot I mean, be." Real. It's
1: kind of like what won't you do to win, right? That's when like competition becomes so toxic. It's well, so terrible. Yeah, after you talk about NCAA.
0: How before nil and even now with nil how many kids were getting paid under the table i mean it's a A running it's a running joke that the alabama parking lot is full of just mustangs and that nick saban owns a dealership and just that whole debate and all the and cam newton and just all those things that it's so against what the ncaa was about at that time but you know it's
1: just competition is not about anything bro they are just there to make sure that this happens
0: yeah, but as a player and as a, you're risking everything to pay a kid to come to your school. It's just insane. I yeah. mean.
1: I want to, I want to add one too. Uh, for those that don't know, high school football scene, modern day in Saint John Bosco would not be where they are, if not for the fact that they sued to allow certain things uh, to occur in SoCal, and this is something that can't happen in Northern California or Central California. Bear in mind, only in Southern California. Can they actively recruit and pull people in from different areas? Go watch people's like middle school games and all this other stuff. And if you were to transfer out of school, you only miss like a week or two, I think it is. Whereas in NorCal five or games. Central California, I'm pretty sure it's you miss a week or something similar to that. Um, so it's kind of one of those things. Five games? Five games. Five games uh, in NorCal, right? Southern California. Oh, Southern California. Southern California for a season. You've been the whole season. Yeah. So basically, you're allowed to just transfer. And, I mean, they, St. Diego Bosco has done that plenty of times. So has modern day. I mean, what won't he do? And, and this this is, you know, modern day would not be the first school, nor would this be the first time that they've tried doing stuff like that all in the spirit of competition. They've literally paid people to come play for their basketball program.
0: Well, I know so. we're skipping ahead, Eddie, but why not talk about prep academies like IMG?
1: Oh, you dude, know, IMG. St. is basically Otto. college at <laughs> a fucking high
0: school. I mean, god dang, they literally, some rich motherfucker, I don't even know who, created, I, we'll just talk about IMG, because they were the first to, yeah, uh, yeah. I think, really do it big. Created a state-of-the-art facility for high school kids, and then planted a state of art high school in which you live there, and there's just, it's a mini college, honestly if you've ever seen it and literally these parents and donors pay a ton of money to get the best kids in the world like literally the u.s men's national team when they go when they're in the area train there because it's so nice they literally pay these they don't pay these kids but they get these kids to come here they give them the best facilities possible they give them the best academics possible and it, you know, they have the, the idea that they play regular ass high school public schools, some private, I guess, or like open division.
1: It, it's just ridiculous. It's right, so- they do travel around because uh, yeah. a lot of really good high schools will travel around. But yeah, it's it's kind of a joke. Like
0: that, the fact that that's a concept too—that you have like a high school national championship and you have teams from all over the country traveling around. I mean. It's rid- it's ridiculous. Team, uh, hey, to be fair, that's been going on for a long time. That's not I something new. I know it's not new, but I'm not. But in the world of competition, I mean, we're talking about high schools, public, public or private. High school kids are traveling to Georgia, Florida, Vegas, Southern California, from all over the country to play. I mean, that's pretty insane. And, and look, I'm just a kid that went to public school, and the farthest game we ever had was three hours away on a bus ride. So what do I know about great competition? But I'm just saying, in the world of competition, if competition wasn't a big deal, none of that would be happening. Because it all comes down me, to You tell me more... you
1: don't like the fact that Bosco traveled to Hawaii to go play a high school game over there? I mean, well, I Bosco do. Bosco traveled and played at Austin to go play Central Catholic in Oregon. I mean, I do kind of like it. It's cool. Well, but... RNG IMG played Bishop Sycamore up <laughs>
0: problematic in this high school slash college debate as i as i said earlier i'm a big fan that we moved to the big 10 but is it driven solely by competition and wanting to see the best play the best yes and is that what professional sports are supposed to do instead of college sports yes but people just can't wait so like myself i'm problematic in this but
1: yeah it's the danger of the competition truly
0: as we move forward, Eddie, what where do you draw the line when it comes to competition? What are your like hard lines personally? And I'd like to know as a coach where you're like, I want to win, but not like this, because I think uh, any an athlete has been put in has most likely been put in situations and has found themselves, you know, kind of like I don't know, man, this is this is a little iffy, you know. I'm curious, Eddie, if you if you need a break, I can. A second, I, can...
1: uh, I was going to say, I think the personal and coaching ones are still the exact same thing. Uh, okay. I don't condone cheating in any way. Uh, I got We pulled a player on last Friday. You know, We were playing a team, and we knew we were going to lose. Uh, we were hoping it wouldn't be as bad as it was, but we knew we were going to lose. Uh, however, the refs were so bad um, that they let a lot of things that was harming not just our players, but their players as well, go. And so we actually pulled one of our players out of the game for a couple of plays for his actions. Um, but the other team wouldn't. And I think that's one of those things that, like, I approve of, I'm 100% on board with. My head coach is 1,000% on board with and is happy to do that all the time. Um, I think any form of cheating, any, any injuries that my players might have, if I know he's injured, I'm not going to put him back in. Bro. You know, if my trainer comes over and, like, look, he sprained his ankle, he can play, but I'm like, nah, he's done. Like, just don't Bro. worry about it. Yeah. your high school like this is you don't need to worry about that shit um let's see what else uh try to always do the right thing um if i know i held then you just i mean you got to take it like if you knew you did wrong like you got to take it all right you got to eat it is what it is even if you don't know you did it wrong then we'll teach it um for me personally i just you know i want to see college players be able to have money for what they do um i think the argument over You know, I've heard a lot where people get mad that certain athletes will be able to get into these, you know, prestigious or not universities um, solely or in large part because they play a sport uh, where some kids may not be able to because they don't have the extracurriculars or grades to to get there. Right. And I understand the argument, but like, I mean, after, especially after having to essentially be on their schedule, dude, like these kids definitely need compensation. I mean, there were some kids trying to, they try to sell shit just to like. Pay for stuff, man. Like you're gonna tell me that they get enough? They don't. And yeah, while some of the higher end athletes certainly do, and, and when they get to the NFL, they get more than paid. I mean, I think there is some amount of money that does need to be spent. And this is something that, uh, Bryce, I got to talk to Matt at the Oregon camp about. What I asked him what his thoughts were on like NIL, and he's like, I think it's a good idea, but they just didn't do it well enough. There's no reason that Nico Ima, I can't say his last name should ever have ever gotten $7 million. He's in college. He got yeah. that deal when he was 18 years old. There's no reason five. for him, eight point whatever it is, right, to get $8 million. There's no reason, especially when you get paid more than a lot of athletes get for going to these professional organizations. Right. So I think just a lot of those things, don't don't pay people on the table, like just do it the right way. I think that's kind of why I've appreciated what Dan Lane and his staff have been trying to do. Um, I appreciate a lot of these other programs that have tried to do their best when it comes to that and not stooping down to these levels. Um, so I think that's kind of, I think, like I said earlier, when you start to lose your love for the sport or you're willing to cross whatever boundary you want just to win a game, that's when it's, you know, well, suspect.
0: and I think NILs. one thing I really like about it is that it is out in the light and people do know, because I think part of the problem with paying kids on their tables in the past, it was like, I've got this leverage on you. You're never going to, you're always going to play injured, you know, I, and you're going to do whatever I kind of tell you or we're going to have a you're, you're going to either lose this money or whatever, or I'm going to hold this against you per se. So and, and I think you see that with some kids in in now, I know some schools have like made it where kids have to pay back a certain percent of the money. And it's like, what in the world? But yeah, as for some of the positives from competition, I think it can definitely help people push past their limits healthily. You know, I think. Looking at myself, there's a lot of things that I didn't think I could do. And luckily, through a healthy environment, I was able to push past my limits and achieve those things. And it's like, it's pretty awesome to look back at those things. And I think, again, the key word I'm going to keep using is healthy. Are you doing it in a positive manner where it's not self detrimental? You know, I love the thrill of competition. I love the thrill of going against people. You know, and looking at the bums, I think all of us were semi, very competitive people because I remember some days where it was like five semi. What you mean, Dude, semi? Well, I don't, I don't want to judge anybody or say anything too crazy yet, but I remember some days, man, where it, we would spend two plus hours doing one on ones, and there was people they would go fifteen out of fifteen times because they could not accept. Getting beat, bested by the other guy. I mean, some of the the bums that are better at football, man, they would go insane. And it was like, there's times too. And then like, I talked a lot of trash, couldn't back up there uh, most of it. I was gonna give a percentage, but I don't want to do myself like that. Um, couldn't back up most of it, but I always love the competition. Oh, I mean, fr- yeah, fr- Friday football again. I don't know how much we've really in depthly talked about it. But, like, those games were serious. I mean, there was definitely a couple times where we maybe took it a little too far. There was a couple times where guys had to be separated and maybe some trash talk went a little too far. You know? But at the end of the day, it was all love. So it was okay, you know? And we were all friends after. No one ever got so mad that they did anything super stupid by any means. Was some close calls. Close calls for sure, but nothing, nothing ever happened. And it was all good. But man, like, I love those are some of my fondest memories. And those are all like competition based and hanging out. And then, two, I love, I'm a big we, not me guy. And I love that competition amongst your teammates and amongst your friends. Like, I think, again, in a positive manner can bring out the best in everybody and can really show a lot of empathy too. Because I think when both of you know, that you're giving it your all, you have like a certain amount of, you have a certain amount of respect. And I think too, at that same time, when you know your buddy's trying his hardest and he doesn't meet meet that, you know, but in a competition setting and you can still kind of show love, I think that shows a great ability to show empathy and just like a great care. And that's like some of the pauses, I think, you know, personally, I I got really lucky uh, my sophomore year, which was a horrible year in my entire life, one of my worst years. But I had a senior captain that was just like, he was always on me. He was like, I know things aren't working out, man, but I'm still going to make you challenge yourself against me, you know, at the least. And I think that's like, I have to give him so much credit for a reason. I didn't quit playing. And a reason that I continue to push myself, even though things weren't working out for me from an athletic position. But yeah. What about you had anything like specific, you think competition-wise for you, is there any like uh, specifics or anything?
1: I I want to come back. So I we were talking about the boundary things, and you didn't really answer it, so you just moved on to oh, the positive. Oh Yeah, yeah. Uh, you skipped it, but um, I, I have my notes ready, so I we can come back to my part. But why don't you talk about your boundaries too? Yeah, sorry, dude. I'm screwed. Boundaries, um, or like I Do you me. think competition's too far? Basically, like the same question you asked me, right? Like, oh man, I. I'll talk about this a little bit more, but I've seen guys just
0: play way too fucking hurt. I mean, like to the point where it just made me sick. I, uh, competition wise, um, I was in a situation where a guy had a serious medical problem and he didn't want to tell the proper people about it because it was going to affect him in the long term and doing something he wanted. And I was just like, kind of like, fuck that. And I did go and tell and, he didn't like me for it for a while. He he forgave me in the long run, but there were some people that were like, they were trying to fight me over it because I went and told like, "quote unquote" the proper authorities about the situation, and I just just remember being like, "You like this is not this is like way too far, boys. Like this, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna put people's lives in danger to do something, you know. And maybe it's not mine to call, but I don't want to be complacent in someone getting seriously hurt." or having long-term medical issues because nobody wanted to say a word. So I think for me, when it just comes to, like, when there's going to be, like, seriously bodily harm, um, the constitution goes too far. I mean, I don't know. I've ran with some pretty rough crowds. So, like, I feel like my spectrum for, like, you say cheating, it just depends for me. It's horrible as that sounds, man. Played pickup basketball with a crew where there was no blood, no foul. It was very much like the, uh, what's the movie, The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. Throwing elbows was encouraged, you know, shoving people in the back was encouraged. You know, so I think I'm pretty skewed when it comes to that, but I think for me it's just bodily harm and, like, great, like, mental harm. Like, I don't think you should be like, this is the entire season's on you, man. So I think that's where competition, that's kind of where I draw the line per se. I also don't like when teammates are talking pretty negatively to each other. I think that's just total bullshit. I get people venting to a certain extent, but I've also been on some pretty negative teams where when things didn't go well, certain things got said, and it was like, are we going to fight each other instead of playing soccer? Because that's what this looks like. So, but yes. I
1: I will say, when it comes to certain things like saying no blood, no foul, you all better be decent at the game. Because in my opinion... And, and maybe this is because I just love competition in general, I think you're terrible at a game if you can't play without – like, how do I put this? Let's use basketball as an example real quick. Yeah. When we played on the red courts, I was okay yeah. with people being more physical than normal because I felt like – I feel like basketball is way too offense forward, so awesome. and obviously it's more exciting. No, it's, oh. there's there's – Like it is literally geared towards that because they want people to score more points because they want to allow that thing, hence why it's so difficult to play good defense. Um, and so when we play on the red course, it's like, Look, I'm not gonna get mad if if we bump up to each other and I go for a layup. Like, I'm gonna get mad if you like shove me, right? Or like throw an elbow because I think that's just stupid. I think that's you just saying, I suck, I can't keep up with you, so I have to hurt you, is kind of where I'm coming from with that kind of stuff. I mean, if that's what you got to resort to, you just suck at the sport. And- I'm not saying any of it was right. I think you're absolutely
0: right, dude. But that was the crew that I was the worst player on the court, and everyone knows like I'm not good at basketball. But like, I'm just saying like it was it was a rough game. I liked yeah. it because I like that kind of a little more contacty, but it was rough. It was not made for people that were good. There was no foul essentially. So.
1: Yeah, I I haven't called that many fouls while I've played at the Quest. I think that was one of those things that. You never wanted to be the guy that called too many fouls, but yeah. Anyways, as far yeah. of the pros of competition. Um, I think one cool thing when you talk about pushing yourself to see what you can do. I don't remember what movie this is, but I, I remember watching this movie in, in middle school and I was like seventh grade. But I think if you guys, if we like look up, like let's say YouTube, uh, let me just look right now real quick if I can see. Look, find what's, it. what's the movie? I could probably uh, tell you. I don't know the movie, but basically if you look up a hundred yard bear claw bear crawl, Oh, um, yeah.
0: It's one of those Christian movies. I know yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. They both I went to a Christian
0: school, so I... Yeah, well, they uh,
1: blindfolded. The they blindfold he's-, he's like, one more, just one more yard, just one more yard. He has a bear crawling, like, 100 yards, and he's like, he's what like what doing? Doing? Yeah. I can't do it. I think that concept is very much in line with a lot of competition. You know, I think that's something that, like, David Goggins talks a lot about, competing with yourself, pushing yourself to see what you're capable of. Well, he may be the extreme of it, you know, I may not always advocate for push yourself so far that your legs or your feet, skin completely rub off. But, you know, I think finding out, hey, like I was able to accomplish these things because I was able to put pressure on myself and compete and do everything I could. Look how good I am. I think is a good part of that. Um, I think my point earlier about the whole no blood, no foul thing, I think even comes from and this is as silly as it is. How excited, you know, like in, in Dragon Ball Z, how excited Goku gets whenever he fights a new opponent because he wants him to be. He's like, he's like, this man gave a fucking Senzu bean to sell to fight his own son because he's like, it wouldn't be fair. Basically, yeah. like, that's kind of my mentality when it comes to competition. Uh, I hated yeah. the fact that Travis Hunter got hurt. I'm glad he made up with that guy and it's all good. That was cool. I hated he got hurt because I wanted him to play Oregon, right? I wanted Colorado <laughs> to be at its best so Oregon could absolutely just dominant right like this I week what once i give it to you. washington has the receivers back right i'm like let's go i want that i want that competition right like i want to see it all yeah
0: yeah i was gonna say i think like factually speaking real competitors always want to go against the best yeah like, that is that's like constitutional yeah. to a true competitor you all in like like you were saying travis hunter Everybody was like, oh, or yeah, Oregon doesn't have to worry about this, bro. Oregon wants the smoke. We don't want the easy route. Yeah. You know, we want that competition. We, because at the end of the day, when you're going for a national championship, you're going to have to play the number one at some point, you know, and decide that who's the real number one in the room.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I think that even extends to just life, dude. It's like, dude, you really want to be the best at what you do. You have to invite that kind of stuff in, you have to be willing to do it. I think that's a positive of competition. Uh, Let's see. Teamwork and friendship. I think, like, when you're competitive, you end up finding other people that are competitive and honestly make lifelong friendships with them. I I, truly. uh, It's something that's happened all the time. It's happened within our own friend group. It's one of those things that can bring people together. And the last thing, there's, bro, Invictus, uh, or Invictus, Invincible, uh, Remember the Titans, like, you name it, uh, Moneyball. Like, all these movies are about. Sports and competition and what it's able to do for people. Right. And I think that's something that underlies, you know, when we talk about competition, I think obviously everyone thinks about sports and it's just so powerful what then sports can do because of that. And it's something we talked about, I mean, a year ago now with the tie and blade for the sports stuff. Um, but I mean, that's a that's a big pro of competition.
0: Yeah, I mean, how about that NFL guy that they played with it when they lived in uh, California? About the guy that no matter how tired he got, he was like, I have to play against myself. You know, and I think when you think of the Oregon versus Oregon standard, it's always about playing against yourself. And I think when you think of competition too, and a space outside of like sports, you know, what it can bring together. Remember, the Titans is like literally iconic because these guys wanted to essentially win football games so much that they, in a way, overcame racism. You know, I don't know how true it is to the actual story and everything, but you know what I mean? It's definitely like, that's insane. I mean, how many times have you been on a sports team, like as a kid where maybe it was someone you didn't know, you didn't really like the guy per se, or you didn't know him maybe even, but you guys both like had that natural, just you wanted to win so badly and through competition, like you kind of garner respect for each other. And I Without think that can be in so many Bullshit ass society barriers, man. Good, i, I, mean, I, I huge, huge
1: believer in that. You have know? you seen that? Sorry, what's the movie? I've seen the movie, oh. Good Iron Gang. Oh, man, the rock bro. Those are rival gang members that are like, nah, man. We gotta <laughs> <weird laughs> fucking games. This is what it's about. Or, uh, what's the other
0: one? Uh, Friday, Friday Night Lights, the TV yeah, show. Have you seen it? I have Dude. not. Oh, how are you a coach, man? No, I'm kidding. You gotta, you gotta watch it. There's one scene, spoiler, where basically the quarterback and the running back have major beef, and it's and they're like literally not blocking for each other for a touchdown run. And at some point, long story short, they they settled it a little. They garner some respect through competition. And one of the guys, I don't want to spoil it for you, but he blocks for the other, and it's just like oh, and he scores a t- game when he touched touchdown. You're just like. And then they become like literally like best friends,
1: and it's just that's like I'm talking about that's what competition yeah. can do for people. It's yeah. happened so many times. It's not there's a reason we make yeah. stories about it. It's yeah, obviously, Friday Night Lights is fiction, but like there's a reason we make stories about it. So I remember the Titans has truth to it, right? Boney Ball has truth to it, Invictus has truth to it. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, dude.
0: But you know, with everything good in competition, unfortunately, <laughs> there's some very Woo. People people take it too far, and I think anybody that's played competitive sports in America, from Oklahoma to California, has seen one too many examples where things just got way out of hand. Um, do you want to go first on this Eddie, or do you want me to? Because I got some horror stories to share.
1: Um, you know, I think. Uh, see, I think the only thing I want to mention in this, besides like the majority, like. There's cons, right? Like there's a football player, a college football player that I think was it last year, two years ago, killed himself. Uh right. Like that's happened before. He he's in the Pac-12. He's a Pac-12 quarterback. Um,
0: well, it was a uh, Stanford. I if I remember, Stanford or Washington State. I know they I think both. It was Washington Ohio.
1: State and then Ohio yeah. State. Yeah. You know, right. uh roommate all throughout college. Yeah. So I mean, this is stuff that can so negatively affect people and cause such mental harm and physical harm, or lead to a life of drugs and other issues. The one thing that I think kills me too is like I just mentioned how it, competition would bring people together. Literally, look up Sterling, uh, English soccer, and go look at what happened when he missed a PK, and him and one other guy, I forget who it was missed their PKs. You remember that? St- oh, I knew- Yes, he got super racist for me, and like they literally like they went to his hometown. And wrote like yeah. monkey and other shit all over the walls there. It is his hometown, all all because of competition, like that's such a negative and such a detrimental like aspect of competition. It's it's crazy, to take it that far, dude. Yeah. The, or the uh, uh my my dad loves to remind me of this. What Joe Buck? Hey, what's the uh, who's the Red Sox first baseman that missed the uh, ground ball? Joe Buckner, Bill Bill Buckner. Yeah, Bill Buckner, who missed a ground ball at a first base in the World Series, ended up getting death threats and literally had to retire and, like, move away from where he was at just because of that. So, yeah. You
0: remember the – this is, like, the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. There was a Chicago Cubs fan that, like, caught a ball that he thought was going out of bounds, and the Cubs would – he, like, caught it out of the Cubs player's hand and stopped them from going to the World Series and the FBI literally had to put him in witness protection because all these fucking people in Chicago were trying to murder this dude. And they found his house. Like, it was insane. I'll have to try to remember that one. But, what, Eddie, I'm curious. Do you have any, like, personal stories you want to share about seeing competition go too far? Maybe one time. Or I mean, if you I'll, want to. No, I
1: no, can- I'll do one from Friday, dude. My safety came over and was like, Coach, like, it's been kind of weird today. I'm like, yeah, well, we, oh, he, he was telling one of our players something. I'm like, what's up? He's like, Coach, I just – on one of my tackles, I lost my towel, and I went to get it back from the other team. They picked it up and tried to walk away with it. And I asked for it back. I was like, hey, can I have my towel? I got to I gotta get it back in the game. And the guy wouldn't give it to me. And then he finally just threw it on the ground. This is a player, by the way. And then their coach comes over and is like, yeah, we don't want your towel anyways. Go back over there. Like, it's like, dude – and said something – I forget what else he said. But it's like, dude, you're – a grown ass man, over a competition, saying shit like that to a sixteen year old kid. I will never talk to a sixteen year old kid like that unless he does something like, in in the context of sports, a competition, terrible something like if he purposely tries to injure someone, then I might say something. But I'll be like, look, you understand what you're trying, what you did there. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm gonna talk shit like that to a little kid. Like Jesus Christ, that was just recently. I mean, that was Friday. I was. I was
0: just like, that's yeah. incredible.
1: Incredible. Damn. Dude, so
0: where uh, to start? I'll try to go in chronological order and not say any names. I'll, I'll try to keep these brief. I'll never forget, man. I played with one dude. His dad was the coach, and his dad wasn't even, like, that hard on him. But he missed a goal, and this dad just unloaded on this son, and he literally quit playing soccer after that. I mean, that was, like, the last game he ever played. This kid just broke down. He's like, I'm not I'm not doing it. He just sat on the chair. Oh, man. I was like, yeah, that's probably burnout for a fifth grader. You know? I played on a competitive soccer team that was not very good. And to say that there wasn't a, I don't want to say fist fight, but shoving and, like, taking kids to the ground every other practice because we were just so negative towards each other and we couldn't win and it was just blame, internal blame. Like, it was just such a bad year. Um, one of the craziest one I ever seen with a parent was I was playing a soccer game, and it was one of my teammates. He missed a goal, and the dad ran on the field, grabbed this kid by the back of his shirt, and drug him off and took him out. And he was just screaming at this kid. He was like, "You fucking suck!" And this was like, I don't know, 13 14 He's dragging this kid by his like heels. He's like, "You fucking suck!" And like, I can't believe you're making me waste my time coming out here. And this kid's like screaming, and like other parents are like getting involved in a parking lot. Never knew. He was never on the team again. Never saw that kid again. Uh, I I do know what happened to him, but we'll talk about that off camera. Um, man, what's another one, dude? Shit. Now, oh, dude. One. Some of the saddest ones was like talking to other guys that play football. I'm sure. I my my high school football team, not always the greatest, but the pressure was fucking real. Because in Oklahoma, it's not far from Texas, and that it's like a lifestyle. I'll never forget. I was in art class talking to a bunch of dudes on the football team. And like one of our star receivers, we were talking, we were talking about getting hurt and shit like that. And like it came up, he basically told us this story about how in eighth grade, like he got hit in the chest. He was doing like a crossing route and he got hit in the chest. He got laid out by the safety or something like that. And he started crying and his dad came on the field, grabbed him by the face mask. And was like, you better stop fucking crying. You pussy. And like, I don't raise men like that. And it's like, your team needs you out here. Just this whole speech. And then like prop them up. And he was like, yep, that's why I quit football. And I only play basketball now. And I remember another one, like I remember another one of our wide receivers was just talking about how like he was living with a wealthier, wealthier, wealthier teammates family. And it was like solely on the basis that he performed in high school. Yeah, dude. Yeah, bro. It was like that. And he was just talking about how he was stressed because he had a bad game, and they were like, "Better not make that a pattern." And I was just like, "That shit's insane." That and then like I had a, I talked about how like injuries. Uh, my junior year, our coach tried to make a freshman goalie who was severely concussed like he had to wear shades, and had to wear headphones play a game, and which he didn't. He tried to make a kid with a broken arm do push ups. And shout out to my good homie. I'm not going to say his name. Maybe one day we'll have him on the podcast and he can share the story. If I remember right, he played his senior year with seven broken fingers as a goalie. And they would just tape the glove fingers to it. And he played with a broken ankle. And his ankles still fucked today. And, like, they were giving him so much ibuprofen. Like, Jose would be sick. I mean... I am not even lying in like handfuls, handfuls, man, um, just so we can make it through the game. And they were like, look, man, if you don't play like we have no chance, the team's counting on you. just these bullshit ass speeches, man. Just these... I played with the dude that um, I don't want to say I don't call it cheating, but he would like he just he would steal our other teammates stuff and use it as his own for games. And he had his own stuff. But he just thought it was funny to take other guys' stuff. He would take, like, the JV's cleats or, like, their shin guard or their uniform. And we wore the same one for varsity. So sometimes dudes wouldn't have their stuff and we didn't get to play. And we didn't find this out for a while because he was, like, being sneaky about it. But I was like, I don't know if that has anything to do with competition. But I was like, he got away with it because he was a varsity guy. This same dude, Eddie, he literally got caught having sex with a minor on camera in the women's bathroom the day of a game day, got caught like, by a female teacher. I've told you this one, I know. Played that game, had like six touchdowns, and never got in trouble for it. So it's just, dude, competition, I think. And then for myself, like I just felt like I was so burned out by the end of soccer for me because of just how intense things were. Whether it was... I'll admit, some of it was probably me, you know, being trying to push myself. But definitely, like, between my uh, parent and my coach, just the amount of pressure, I I couldn't handle it. Like, there was a sick part of me that, like, when I blew my knee out, I was so happy. I was like, it's it felt like it's over. And it was, like, it was crazy, too, because, like, my parent and coach didn't believe that I blew out my knee because they wanted me to keep playing. And I was like, I had to show him an x-ray of basically, yeah, you see the tendon there? Yeah, it's not. Um, So, I I mean, talking about burnout and just having like somewhat, you know, as you put anxiety and like PTSD, like I'll attribute, I think a huge reason I have a problem staying consistently working out and like doing what I need to do is just like a lot of tough conversations when I was younger and a lot of tough uh, situations that I personally went through. When it came to working out, and I think I still associate a negative connotation with, you know, running and lifting and stuff like that, because I just I felt like it was just even even when I really wanted to do it, it was just so negative, such a negative environment. So,
1: but yeah, that's kind
0: of my stories, I guess.
1: Oh, I'll add two more. I mentioned one of them, and I think I mentioned this one when we Nathaniel was here, but uh, uh, they also benched our middle linebacker for a game. For cheating. On a vocab test, by the way. Like, it wasn't... Or not a vocab. It was, like, something small. Like, it wasn't even a big quiz or test, but they benched him for the game.
0: Good motherfuckers. So, that's, like, the
1: precedent. Yeah, yeah. like, that's a precedent that Dallas Cell sets that we... It, it, the message was clear. It's just fail the test. Right? Um, just just take the L, and then we'll, we'll go from there. It's not a big deal. Just don't cheat. Year,
0: we had a no, like, drug policy to mm-hmm. play on the team, and part of that was um tobacco, and we had a guy on the bus dipping right next to our head coach, but he was a starter and you had to spitball the whole time. We're all just yeah, looking yeah. at other. There's no fucking way, man. There's no way. like.
1: And I, I got a horrible one. This is uh, terrible. Uh, okay. My brother is. We'll just say third grade. Because I don't remember if it was second, third or fourth, but it was like one of the younger grades playing in a five on five passing league for football, like flag football, all that stuff. It was just him and his school buddies. Like, and my dad was coaching them and basically they beat this team. And like the, the dad basically filmed the game. Well, he filmed the game anyways, just cause like he, it's his kid and stuff like that. Like the opposing coach. So it wasn't a big deal. Like we knew it was happening. Like it wasn't, it was like, whatever. So as long as you don't like put it on public, whatever, it's not a big deal. Like two weeks later, we play someone and my dad like gets this email and like, he's got to talk with the head of the league before the game. And he's like, just about like he just didn't know basically that guy that filmed was so mad that they lost. Keep in mind like this is third grade flag football. He was so mad. They lost that. He basically took that film that he took of what was supposed to be his son and essentially built this whole thing where he taught someone how to basically beat what my dad was doing. And like his brother-in-law was the coach that was going to play us. And gave it to him. It was like a YouTube video, bro. It wasn't even like a private CD. It was like on a YouTube video. And he just just sending the link. And so I guess they found out. And um, the guy was like, it's okay. I didn't watch it. Like, no big deal. The guy watched it. Uh, So for half the game, you know, my dad's team couldn't do anything. And then he yeah. adjusted and they ended up winning. But like, it was like, dude, you literally, you guys quite literally were willing for a third grade whatever team five on five flag football in the off season bear in mind in the spring this isn't like fall whatever to film another team and then like break down how to beat them like dude you have to be so just not okay and so over competitive to do that dude
0: you you reminded me of some horror stories that i've forgotten about in that i'll try to convince them as much as i can but one Uh, in seventh grade I played flag football with a lot of guys I played soccer with. And long story short, everybody this was through the YMCA. So everybody had to play quarterback once. So everyone got an opportunity. I played quarterback. I had no clue what I was doing. I'd never thrown a football. I was super bad. Um, I ended up trying to scramble and like got a safety. And when I when the kid that usually played quarterback grabbed me by my shirt and like held me up and just shit talked the fuck out. I almost quit that day. Like I was so I was just like this has gone too far man like I don't want to play football if it's going to be like this another one a dude I love to death don't really have much of a connection anymore kind of lost out in high school but great kid he sucked at soccer and I was just in this horrible place when I was playing with him he's a year older than me Um, was a year yeah year older than me where everyone treated him like shit because he wasn't good essentially and I was part of that unfortunately until like my junior year of high school and I was like ding 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 you shouldn't treat just because someone's bad at soccer doesn't mean you should treat them like shit and it doesn't mean they're not good at other things and like i was just like this is a clear example of competition has pushed me to do something that i didn't even realize i was doing and that's so wrong i almost got in a fistbite with two of my best friends in high school um because of a similar situation we had this goalie this dude was trash eddie you would be better just walking on the field. I mean, he scored own goals as a goalkeeper. He, a long day. Long story short, he was he had two of our senior captains that play defense, and he had allowed it, like multiple own goals. Like he was kicking it in on accident. This kid was trash, and they finally were just like, "Fuck you, man! Like get off the field! Like you fucking suck!" And, like to the point, of, this kid was crying, and our coach, our head coach, comes by and they explain, and he joins in. He's like, "Yeah, just get out of here." And I got I got in our two captains' face, and I was like, "You can't talk to him like that. Like this is bullshit." And like it, it cost me a lot because you know being friends with those guys, you know, it, it went off the field and it turned into a whole debacle. Funny story about that, I'll, I'll tell you later too. But yeah, I mean, it's just stuff like that, man. Like competition has gone too far. We don't need to make kids cry, you know. Even if it is competitive, like it wouldn't. You know what I mean? It's just. The excess i think that c- can come with it you know
1: it's just, it can be so dangerous i hey, mean let can- alone uh beauty pageants bro you know how vicious those modeling and beauty pageants are they're absolute i honestly i i'm of the opinion that like young kids should not compete in that i'm of the opinion that they should not
0: but
1: uh, i think and maybe people are listening to this and have horror stories from it, or maybe people go, Oh, well, they should allow it. I don't know. You can, I, you can tell me more about it. I don't know enough about it, but I think from what I've been able to see from it, as well as what I've researched, uh, it's terrible. And I think yeah. it's a perfect example of what's wrong with competition and how, and, and I, I think I'll end my little rant here on this, how people who did not feel like they did enough when they were that age want to live through their kids through those things um and i think my, my players are like coach you want to put on some pads and go like throw this and just pretend like you're playing i'm like no i would never do that like yeah I, i've lived i've had like i've already done some of this stuff and i'm never ever going to drop to the level of doing that you know what i mean like it's just one of those things that like i'm not going to live vicariously through these other people
0: yeah i think one of the i think i'll kind of end as we get to the end of this episode, because it's definitely been running, running a little long for us. You know, one of the final stories I'll tell about me personally and like competition going too far was I was in seventh grade and I got um, selected to go try out for like ODP, which is Olympic development program. Long story. It's like the pipeline to the beginning of the pipeline to play like very high tier soccer. And it was like a two day tryout. There was like hundreds of kids. I, I, shit the bed man it was one of my worst two days ever i looked like i never touched a soccer ball before i was struggling to keep up like nothing went well it was just really not good and i just remember the car ride home the conversation i had with my mom i was like that was so bad like i never wanted to look at sports again after that day luckily you know life goes on and you recover and you know, got a second, got a couple opportunities, luckily, and made the most of them. But uh, that was like, those were those were times where it's like, I hated sports. I hated competition. Like, it was just like, I don't know. Like, those, those were like times where competition for me just went way too far.
1: Uh, yeah. For sure. I think the only last thing I want to talk about briefly, and I think we've already kind of covered it, is the question of competition leading kids to not want to play sports i think oh, yeah. I think it happens i think it happens um and i know it happens i've seen it happen it's happened to me and all those other stuff but like i think there's more instances though of kids and people continuing to play sports or finding other sports because they're just competitive you know what i mean so i like, think
0: like it's worse with everyone trying to you know like sports like a main thing that you hear like with the nfl or not any of at all, but certain scouts be like, Your kid needs to play one sport the entire life if they ever want a chance. Oh, I of. hate
1: that so much. I hate playing
0: that so much. college sports. You know what I mean? Like, I hate you know, it so much. Yeah, dude, it's bullshit, but that's like a narrative that goes around yeah, to these parents. I don't know better. And then they're like, You know, your kid has one bad game and they're like, Oh, you're never going to play college soccer. That's yeah. not how it works at all. That is not no. how, it you know, or college baseball. Like, I have friends that like, they had a personal trainer, a personal batting coach, a personal catching coach, like In the just morning, early. man. Yeah. It's, like, it's yeah. useless. Like, it's... They hate baseball. By the time they were juniors, yeah, they... they fucking hate it. I am only know. doing this because my dad said he'll stop paying for my car. Like that's the co- real conversations that I've
1: had with no, my it, it happens for sure. I think what I'm arguing is like I think at the same time. A lot of kids want to do it and a lot of people want to do it because it's fun because it's competitive because they, they enjoy that and they're very competitive individuals. I think when that happens and that's always happened, I think it's just one of those things that's just obviously it's, it's changed. Like you're saying over time, it's gone a lot from those parents or other outside influences, pushing these kids to go do these things to, you know, these people that are experts, um, which I'll come back to in a sec. Uh, Telling kids, oh, you got to play one sport, dude. You should play as many sports as you can, and then start specializing once you get to the upper ages, as far as high school is concerned. And then start, then start going. Oh, you know what? Some yeah, scouts yeah. are talking to me to play baseball. I'm going to be a junior. I should probably just focus on baseball. That's a great idea. You've hopefully played freshman and sophomore year in two three sports, had a great time playing those sports. Now you can focus on baseball if you want. But yep. until then, you should not be just. I only played this sport. Stupid. Yep. And it, it leads, I think, and maybe I, I don't have the research on it, but I'm pretty sure it leads to issues of overtaxing muscle groups, uh, not being able to train up other muscle groups to compensate, stuff like that. Um, and the last thing these experts, one of my favorite scenes from Moneyball is when he's talking, when he's about to fire the head scout. Um, I don't know if you remember that scene, Bryce, but like, he's like, because for those that don't know in the movie Moneyball, basically Billy Bean was a potential f- Well, not just potential. I think he did get drafted first in the draft uh, for baseball, but he played uh, college football and baseball um, and was being recruited to play baseball and basically just kind of flamed out. didn't quite have the career that was hyped up to have, which, you know, not the first person or the last person that has happened to. And so one of his comments to the scout was, I've seen you go in these homes and talk to these people and say, hey, when I know, I know that your son can do this. And he goes, but you really don't. And it's such like a great insight to this idea of competition. And it's like,
0: you know, nowadays
1: and what I was trying to get to earlier is like, look, I, I'm not gonna be able to play in high school football anymore. I got past that. But I can play spike ball with some friends and compete, right? I can go to play some beach volleyball with some friends and have fun and, and do whatever. I can go join a, you know, I was in a league for basketball with my brother and his friends, have some fun doing that and compete, right? Like there's so many outlets for competition, I think people will find it eventually when they're comfortable. Yeah,
0: and I think when you're a kid, it's it's can be even more difficult because it's like this expectation of like, oh, well, my kid has a chance to play in the NFL. My kid has a chance to play in this league or that league or being a Division One guy. And like, I think once you get older, you do start to understand where you're probably going to fit, you know, for the most part. I don't want to put anybody in a box, but it's like you start to become your expectations become more reasonable. You know, like I figured out my junior year of high school I was like, yeah, I'm not making the U.S. men's national team or playing division one ball or going to Europe. And I was totally cool with it. Like, OK, you know, and it's like, you know, even before I really started hanging out with the bums, I played like a little bit of soccer when I first got to Oregon. And I was like, eh, it's all right. You know, but it's like football playing with you guys. Like I was the worst player we had for a long time until I learned how to catch. And even then I was fighting to not be in the bottom tier. Uh, but it was still fun. I still got to play with you guys. Like I was able to do enough to, you know, be somewhat useful. So, you know, I think
1: that definitely helps,
0: but, um, but yeah, anything else you want to say to maybe cap this off, Eddie?
1: No, man. I think competition can be a great thing. Just got to do the honorable thing in my opinion.
0: Yeah. With it. uh, I would just end with, you know, parents, just be careful with how far you push your kids, man. You may uh, push them out of wanting to do it. Who knows? But, hey, bums, this has been Struggling with the Bums. Please check out our Instagram at T-H-E-B-U underscore M-S. If you disagree or you agree with us or you want to tell us a horror story or a positive story competition or a crazy story, hit it. we'd love to talk to you. Um, also, look for our blogs in www.strugglingbums.com. This has been The Bums. We'll see you all later.